On the show today, we have Billy Lahr of the Mindful Midlife Crisis. I've had the chance to talk to Billy before, and let me tell you, this guy is so fun. He's really have, <laughs> has a ton, has a really interesting life, and the things he has to talk about in terms of being in midlife and being mindful and the activities he does, it's just a ton of fun. So uh, I'm really happy to welcome him to the show. Before we get started, let me introduce a little bit about him. Um, he's in his quote in his bio, he says he's a podcast for people navigating the complexities and possibilities of life's second half. And that's a lot of people. And obviously I'm in that category alongside his co-host, Brian on the base, who is also a blast. The two share their life experience. And I, and I know that I was a guest on their podcast. So that's, you know, it's like, Hey, I got to get this guy on. So you should check it out too. mindful midlife crisis podcast. Um, so they share their experiences, both the good and the bad, in an effort to help others better understand how we can all enjoy and make the most of the life we have left to live in a more meaningful way. Billy has over 20 years of experience as an educator, both as an English teacher and a dean of students, but he's currently taking a year-long travel to paddleboard all over the world. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, sign me up. So far, his adventures have taken him to Portugal, Spain, Senegal, and the and uh, potential trips to Costa Rica, Thailand, Singapore, Japan, and South Korea. Where where did you just get back from, Billy? Yeah, so I was overseas, and I spent a month and a half in Portugal. I was in Porto, Portugal, which stole my heart mm. i was in lisbon portugal which felt like home and then i was in lagos which just felt like a dream mm. so portugal i can't wait to get back to you someday soon there's a there's a word in the portuguese language and i'm gonna butcher it <laughs> but it's like it's sadauja sadauje mm. sadaude something like that and it's comes from the fado singers and the fado singers of that of that area they would sing these songs that were very very sad in which they were longing for their husbands mm. who were sailors and and they were there's no literal translation but the closest is bittersweet because they would sing these songs where they would lament that they were that their loved ones were gone but they were remembering the good times together oh, wow. and so it's this it's this emotional roller coaster of of music and and when i was taking the bus from lagos to sevilla spain i fully understood what sadauja means mm. because i could feel that emotion in my body oh, wow. as I was watching the Portuguese countryside mm. pass away and, and knowing that I was leaving Portugal and not sure when I was going to return. Like it was, it was mm. a full somatic experience. And I know we're going to talk about the somatic experience here a little bit today, but Wow, it was so powerful. It, and like I said, Portugal really felt like home. But I mm. made it over to Sevilla. The architecture in Sevilla is just remarkable. I took a day trip to Cordoba to see the mosque out that way. And then I did a couple days in Madrid. Madrid is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Madrid at night, wow, there's almost really nothing like it. Madrid at night mm. lights up better than almost any city I've ever been to. Wow. And then I thought, you know, why not 
head on over to Dakar, Senegal and paddleboard off the coast of Africa. <laughs> so I went over there and that was extremely out of my comfort zone because I don't know how to surf and I was at a surf camp <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't like camping at all. My idea of camping is staying like at a day's in. I don't need a nice hotel, but, but I, need, I need like a, I need a room and I need a hot shower and, and I need reliable internet and those things were not there at the camp. The camp was amazing. It was very well organized and I have nothing but good things to say about the camp. It just camping in general is out of my comfort zone. And so, uh, uh, and I know absolutely nothing about Dakar. I know absolutely nothing about (laughs) Senegal. So I don't speak French where they speak French there. I didn't I didn't even bother to take out the local currency <laughs> oh, while I was there. I just kind of stayed on the island. I lived pretty small while I was there because <clears throat> it was all really beyond my my comfort zone. And I'm someone who I really hate the saying real learning takes place outside of your comfort zone. I, I strongly disagree with that. No. <laughs> I think when you're outside of your comfort zone, then you activate your fight, flight, or fright mm. mode. And then you go into survival mode. You can't even really be in learning mode. I think real learning takes place at the edges of your comfort zone. Yeah. And comfort zones are kind of like pizza dough where you can push them out right and so that's kind of how i view comfort zone and and my time in dakar i think it's a book was like that comfort the pizza dough comfort zone metaphor there must be a book there (laughs) don't steal that brett that's my (laughs) idea Yeah, so that's kind of what Dakar was like for me. But I, I got to paddleboard off the coast of Africa, and I got to paddleboard off the coast of Europe. I've already paddleboarded off the coast of North America. So I got three continents down. I got four to go. The plan is to go to Thailand here in February so I can paddleboard off the coast of Asia. And then, you know, I just have Australia, South America, and Antarctica left. Well, there you to, go. Antarctica, yeah. Okay, well, at least you're covering them. So is this your mid, <laughs> is this your, your mindful midlife crisis plan to just paddleboard in every body of water on the planet? Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's going to take years to, to accomplish this because getting to Australia and getting to South America and getting to Antarctica are no easy task. <laughs> and those are extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. And I have budgeted enough to do, I did, you know, the Portugal trip and, uh, with Spain and Dakar and I budgeted, I still have enough in the budget to do this Southeast Asia trip that I, that was my original plan mm-hmm. was just to do five months in, in Southeast Asia. But, a lot of the countries are still closed actually mm-hmm. due to COVID, unfortunately. Yeah, there's still a pandemic going on. Yeah, yeah. So my hope is that I can get over there, but at some point I would like to do it. I think it's funny when I when I tell people uh, to listen to the podcast, hey, it's called The Mindful Midlife Crisis, and people, I'm 44, mm-hmm. and people who are around my age they really push back on the idea that they're at midlife and yeah, it's like 44. It's no, like, you, really? What? Yeah. I'm you're not in midlife. Like if, well, uh, yeah. Can you double that? What's the double 44 number? <laughs> 
right, right. And like, I think the last I saw, like life expectancy is seventy-eight. Like you're beyond yeah. midlife. <laughs> like the midlife was at thirty-nine. Moved, was before. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you've, you've, you, 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 if you're, if it's forty, you're at midlife. Like you're over the hump. It's, that kind of thing. So people get really defensive when I suggest to them to check out the podcast. They're like, "Well, I'm not going through a midlife crisis." Like that's not what the podcast is about. It's not about being in a midlife crisis is talking about how to navigate the complexities and possibilities of life's second half yeah. so that you can live a more fulfilling, enriching, engaging life mm-hmm. because you you don't stop learning about yourself and you don't stop mm. having these experiences once you get to a certain point. Mm. We're actually going to have a couple of guests on who host a podcast called trash the checklist and and they kind of focus on you know this idea that we have like we go to we go to college and then you get a job mm-hmm. and then you get then you meet somebody and then you get uh you get married and then you have kids and then you get your master's degree and then you buy a house and da da, da. like this checklist of things that we have and and uh that there's more of a way to mm. live your life and yeah me i'm someone who's very rigid <laughs> and and i i like linear paths so taking this year off for me who has has really been it's been outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. but at the same time I, I was just talking to somebody the other day they said you just sound so happy there you go and That's it, man. and I, I, it's funny. I, you know, I, like I said, I just got back to Minnesota here yesterday and it is cold. Here. Yeah. Minnesota is <laughs> known to be freaking cold. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why I scheduled this trip to come back in mid November and be <laughs> right, back what, in Minnesota. Wait, wait, uh, in December. Something about the I, that calendar. Was, <laughs> there was poor planning on my part. I, I just didn't really didn't see that one through. Well, isn't that very interesting how, how you can, land in a place that's a foreign country and then something in you resonates so profoundly that it touches you in a really deep level and it's surprising i i had an i've had experiences like that in north america and i have done some international travel when i was working for microsoft i used to speak at conferences all over the world and so um those were more like whirlwind tours like i did 10 days and like 10 cities in like eight days one time and it was like crazy talk but um still though you you know you put your body in a completely different environment and the way i'm wired i get you know i'm sensitive so it's like i vibe with the with the place or not and i have to say that um when i went to rome and uh and i was in milan uh there was something about italy that it just went there was just a big somatic yes in me like oh my god i have got to get back here this is there's something here for me to explore some way for me to be here that i can learn from and i have a similar relationship to other kinds of um geographies there's a term actually called geom ever heard a word geomancy no i'm not familiar with that what is that it means it's, it's sort of like your soul, if you will, has a resonance with certain locations on the planet. And when you visit... Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's called geomancy. And whenever you visit them, you know. You know, you kind of go, oh my God, 
this is like my blood and bones here. You know, there's some resonant field that happens. I don't know what it is, but there's some way that you go yes to some certain geographies that you don't know until you actually visit it. And because you look at it on a page and maybe you're drawn, but when you get there, it like becomes a whole different experience. And um, it's really an interesting phenomena. And I, I've had this inter interesting thing happen a couple of times in my life where um, I've been to a place, I remember one time, because I lived in Oklahoma, and um, I'd visit Dallas regularly because it was very close to uh, Oklahoma City where I grew up, and it was like an actual, Dallas was an actual modern city, and so I'd go down there occasionally, and every time I'd pass through this one intersection in Dallas, I'd go, I'd go, wow, this feels like a there's some weird vibe here and I don't know what it is. And it wasn't like, Oh, I'm a retracted, but it was like, what is this? And I'd go through it three or four times. And I actually made a note in my head about this one intersection. Eight years later, I was living in an apartment two blocks from that intersection at a job that I had taken that had a headquarters right at that intersection. So that reminds me of, so, so I, I have said that from now on, I will only live near water and <laughs> where my condo is. And, you know, I'm from Minnesota, so you're within a mile of a lake wherever you go. Exactly. I happen to I happen to live right across the street, which is perfect for a paddleboarder like me. But that was always a place. It's called Bidet Makaskad. used to be called Lake Calhoun. But when I used to live in Rochester, Minnesota, about 90 minutes south of Minneapolis, I would in the summer drive up mm -hmm. and just walk around there just because it it pulled me to it i just really enjoyed that that space and you know when i moved up to the twin cities i, I wasn't able to afford living in that area mm -hmm. and and years down the road i found a condo that was in my price range that was literally across the street from bade makaska and bought the condo and you know i've been there for the last nine years and and it's all very interesting how your environment really does have an impact on your soul hmm. and if you would if you would ask me two years ago if i would have ever uttered a sentence like your environment has an impact on your soul <laughs> i would have been like no that's that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard but the the more that i'm learning about energy and and its impact and like the wavelengths that that are out there with the people that you meet and the environments that you're in I don't know. It just feels undeniable to me. And, and I'm very much a, uh, I'm someone who needs proof of purchase. Mm. I'm a sciencey kind of guy. So I, I, that sort of wavelength thing feels a little too woo woo yeah. for me. But at the same time, I guess I have, because I'm very in tune, because I'm a feeler, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm sensitive to that sort of stuff, um, it's starting to settle in yeah. to me that there is a power beyond that. And and when you were on our show, you talked about the the beauty and mysticism of life, and I didn't think anything could capture the language of mindfulness better than that phrase. Mm. And and we see the beauty around us 
in life all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we tap into the mysticism of life often enough. Yeah. And I feel like that somatic experience is something that we ignore. I feel so, it, so, and I so, can I can speak to that per, uh, uh, specifically. So go ahead. Well, what I was were you just going to say me? for the sake of the audience, it's like what what do you yeah. consider somatic experience? What does that mean? So I'll give you a perfect example. Um, when I when I got to Portugal, I took a train from Lisbon to the town of Aveiro, and they consider Aveiro the Venice of Portugal because it's got these canals. And I'm jet lagged and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I did this long flight. Now I've done this two and a half hour train trip North and, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I just, my hotel room wasn't ready to go yet. So I had to walk around the city and me, I just want to get to somewhere familiar or something that. Like I, I can I can be destination based. You know, they, they always talk about um it's not the destination, it's the journey. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I for me a lot of times it's the it's the, I just wanna get there. <laughs> I just wanna get there. The journey is miserable. Like like I just so so walking to downtown Avero, I could feel the force just bringing me in to give you like a visual if you remember from star wars mm. where the tractor beam pulls yeah. in the millennium falcon right to, from the death star that's what it was what it felt wow. like. it was pulling me there and i felt it and so all, there was an ho- awareness hold on, hold on. i'm gonna sl- i'm yeah. gonna do a little of my my coaching work here i want to know yeah, i'm not gonna absolutely. coach you but it's like this is straight out of my my that kind of work it's like what what did you notice in that? It's like somatically where did you notice it and what did it feel like give us a little more physical physicality and what you know what lit up for you how did you know you were feeling that yeah that's a great question my i think the the pace at which i was walking Mm. it felt i'm trying to remember but it almost felt like i was leaning into the walk oh so was it was it pulling you or pushing you Pulling me. So you felt, a, you like, felt uh, like a gravitational pull. Yes. Or magnetic absolutely. pull. Yeah, it was a pull, almost like uh, when you see someone carrying a briefcase and they're late for work. Oh. Or you know, they're late for a meeting like, and they're leaning into that walk. Yeah. That's what it felt so like. So you're, like, you're I like was not rushing, but kind of like moving to meet something. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. And, uh, uh, a, a fr- friends of mine used to joke like like what's bill doing and he's he said he's uh he's he's like hurrying up and waiting that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing right. you know that sort of thing he's hurrying up so he can wait uh and and that's kind of what this felt like and i just remember feeling it and thinking to myself wait slow down you you've never been in this city mm-hmm. you've never been in so look around what's here like you're going to want to pay attention to landmarks because if this is the venice of portugal then you're going to get lost <laughs> because portugal or excuse me venice is very confusing <laughs> when you walk around yeah. venice like and 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 avero was too there were times when i was in avero when 
I would walk by something a dozen times and I'm like, how am I I've here been here again? before and I don't know how I got yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Why am I here again? And then I would see something once and I would try and find it later and like, I, why can't I find this? I'm back to this thing that I've been to 12 times. I, I get turned around and that sort of thing. So I remember, uh, I remember feeling that specifically on the second day and, and it dawned on me like, wait a minute, slow down and look around and, and just what, what do you see? Mm. So I slowed down and I looked to, to my left and I saw this old building. It looked like a church, it looked like a church on top of a hill. And all of my experience in Europe has taught me that if you see a church on top of a hill, you need to go there hmm. because it's probably important. Hmm. So I made my way up there and there wasn't anything of real significance on top of that hill, but I just kind of kept going. And all of a sudden I found this beautiful park hmm. in Aveiro. And I wouldn't have found that if I hadn't stopped and allowed myself to take in the environment if I just would have let that tractor beam of downtown pull me more in that direction. Mm -hmm. And it actually led to a really satisfying day of walking around the outside of the city as opposed to walking around downtown and seeing the same things over and over mm -hmm. and over mm -hmm. again. And it gave me an opportunity to explore more of the city and and that's that was a good early lesson for me while I was walking to recognize when I was lost in thought mm -hmm. or when I was lost in the tractor beam and and being able to detach from that and slow down. And, you know, the one thing that I had to remind myself over and over and over again was every now and then stop and turn around and look to see what's behind you because the scenery behind you might actually be more beautiful than what you're walking towards. And there were so many times when, when I would turn around, I'm like, Oh, Whoa, mm. look at what I just left. Like, That's I, a really I great practice. Even... That's a really yeah, hard thing to learn really is. I, I spent years in a, um, spiritual community that was really intense and it was very much about the somatic experience sort of thing and one of the things that they taught in this group was um they we went on these extensive long hikes as, as a spiritual practice so it's almost like i hear you it's like i i feel this is like you're on a spiritual quest you know you're like experiencing and you're training yourself in the process about how to be mindful and present with with your experience of being in this uncomfortable place and not knowing and having this having this big somatic experience of this is a big yes here. I love this place and I'm drawn to things and noticing how you orient and then taking the time to be slow down on purpose. That's the very definition of mindfulness, right? I'm going to notice, decide to pay attention and to my experience. Um, and then you, you think, oh, well, what about behind me is a fabulous uh, um lesson and we did this all the time we'd hike and every like two minutes we'd stop and we'd turn around and we'd look behind us and the whole idea is to develop this sort of 360 degree sense of yourself in space because 
you know, we only see forward, right? And so we're not even aware of what's behind us most of the time. And there's a giant world back there. And it's, it's very, um, it changes you to to really have that kind of, um, to have more of that awareness. You can never really fully develop it. But, uh, you know, eyes in the back of the head sort of syndrome, right? But it's a, um, nevertheless, I'm, you're one of the only people I've ever talked to who's ever done that spontaneously and um and so it makes so that lights me up so yeah it reminds me of that saying you know you're too far in the forest to see the trees and sometimes you can be too far in the city to see the buildings Mm. or to see the skyline and i've you know I, i found like if i was moving in one direction trying to get to a destination destination focus it was Right, right. And, and and that's my default. Mm-hmm. My default is destination focused, like more so I think than, than other people because I, I don't like being lost. <laughs> I don't like when time is wasted. Those are things that I have genuine anxiety about is if time is lost. Mm. I like to be places on time. I like to be prompt, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, when I guess I, I had not an infinite amount of time, but I had more time than I'm accustomed to. Yeah. And you're on vacation, and, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and an extended vacation at that. So, you know, from, from time to time, it was important to turn around and look at what was where I had just come from because if you're in that neighborhood all the time, then you just see it up close well what does that neighborhood look like from a different angle from a different vantage point and especially you know as as the terrains when you're in lisbon you have the seven hills right Mm. so looking down on the city from one of the hills from uh you know from wherever you are uh it it really it really kind of changes your perspective of things and helps you to see that area in it from a different angle and in a different light. Mm, Beautiful. I love that so much because, you know, it's perfect training in a way, or it's just a way to take us deeper into our experience of the moment. And, and then, you know, when you're back in Minneapolis, that same thing serves you because it's like, it's one thing to be in another city and then there's a certain way that when you were among what's familiar to us, it's even more challenging to strike up that relationship with what's right in front of me. Well, it's funny that you mentioned being back in Minneapolis because it's it's a Monday in November. <laughs> I should be at work. And I'm I'm not. I'm <laughs> the funny thing is I should be I'm not even at my condo. I rented out my condo for the a year. So I'm I'm at home without my home. Oh, I see. So I'm 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 staying it's almost kind of like uh, I'm I'm back to the college years where I'm crashing yeah, on yeah, friends' couches, that sort of right. thing. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm 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 staying at a, a friend's house uh, for a little while, but there was I remember sitting on the couch earlier this morning and I could feel it in my stomach like I should be at work. Mm. Like there was, there was almost a sense of guilt or FOMO mm-hmm. about not being at work. So interesting. And so I had to kind of work through that a little yeah. bit 
and then let that go. And and I started diving into doing more work with the the podcast that we host and trying because we we took a little break mm-hmm. here, which was so I, I, I kind of can talk to about that as well. When uh, while I was overseas, continuing on with the podcast and not taking a break. Mm was really, really important to me hmm. because we have really good momentum going right now. We have 39 episodes out there and we're we're very quickly building a listenership. Nice. And, and I wanted to keep that momentum going, but it was also pulling me back mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Brian... Brian just said, you know what, dude, sometimes you just got to say F it. And so <laughs> I, uh, I was like, okay. If, if, and Brian's very opposite of me. Brian is very go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Nothing. He's completely unflappable. And <laughs> like, I'm the kind of guy who, when the toast pops out of the toaster, I jump because that's just how high strung I am. And so for me to kind of let that go and turn that off was actually allowed me to enjoy my time in Lisbon yeah. and Lagos that much more yeah. because then I could I didn't have to have that in the back of my mind as I was out and about. Right. So there was like I said it was a real pull and and I actually think when I scheduled my return trip back to the states I think I was still in that mindset, like, okay, I'm, I, I can cut this off. Mm. And there were definitely times when I was in Sevilla or in Madrid mm-hmm. where I was like, you know, I could, I could spend a few more weeks here in Spain. Why did I, why did I schedule this trip to return mm-hmm. back so quickly? So, you know, it is what it is. And, and well, so now it's, getting back to the podcast yeah. and and recording again which is something that I greatly enjoy sure. and 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 that also lights me up yeah. so I'm I'm looking forward to doing that but at the same time too like to your listeners I think about you know be become aware of what that pull or that push is directing you to mm-hmm. and rather than acting uh, uh, rashly just kind of sit with it a little bit longer because I, just from my own experience, like I wish I maybe would have sat with it a little bit longer. I wish I would have allowed myself to be at peace mm-hmm. with not doing the podcast mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and just enjoying this, really this, yeah. this opportunity that I have that I don't know when is going to come up. Well, again. right, exactly that. And so I think what you're talking about there is um, the way I translate that into my language and my world is like uh, neuro- neurologically. So you're talking about, okay, you're on this vacation and you have this thought that I really should be doing the podcast because there's a you uh, uh, that there's a Billy, there's a part of Billy that like says, this is good. I like doing the podcast. Uh, it has momentum. There's a lot of reasons, good, valid reasons why that ought to be going on. And some some part of your neurology starts to fire off on I'm neglecting this. And that's keeping you from looking at the beauty that's just right in front of you. Right. So in a way, that neural network is consuming cycles from your moment. Right. And so the ability to like, 
say, oh, I'm noticing this, I'm having these thoughts, and I'm just going to instead be present with my experience. That's higher cognitive function that is part of the prefrontal cortex. And that part of the brain has to has to be pretty well developed in people. And that takes a long time to be able to go, oh, I'm just noticing I've, and just this and it's just a thought and it's nothing more than a thought and allowing yourself to be more present with your experience so that you don't get this big tug of war going on. So it's great that you had the experience of saying of actually saying, well, no, we're not actually going to do it, making a decision. Then you had some, some your 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 partner, Billy, is so great to just say, screw it, you know, it's not worth it. And, and to let you experience that, let that neural network calm down long enough that you could actually be more present. So that's a fabulous experience to have. Um, and, and then the other part of that, the, the other neural network that came online when you got back is, I need to be working now, right? And so then there's just all this somatic, like, oh, I feel guilty. And I'm and it's like, oh, I just need to be present with my my pseudo vacation in Minneapolis sort of scenario and realize it's not the same thing. So it's another iteration of the same sort of mechanism in a way. Yeah. And it, it I've had to reevaluate what this time in Minneapolis looks like. Mm -hmm. What, what are some things that I could do that I haven't done yeah. in Minneapolis in the past and really, you know, having worked in education, you get spoiled when you have two months off for, for summer vacation, but it can be easy to kind of just to, to fall into, I'm just going to rest. Right. Cause I don't know once the school year kicks in, I'm not going to be able to, to rest like this anymore. Are you going to go back so to teaching? That is the million dollar question. <laughs> and I, I don't know that I'm going to know the answer mm -hmm. to that f for months. Wow. Like I have at some point in time, I have to have an answer to yeah. that. <laughs> right. But I, I, I just, I don't know. Uh, well, just and I, like I said, hang I, out with it. I think that's what this is about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hang out with it. Exactly. And I, you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, I wonder how many of your listeners are asking themselves, does this dude even practice mindfulness? Like he just sounds like a spaz, and it's like, <laughs> no, I, I, no I practice, I practice mindfulness so I can be this intense, <laughs> but still be self-aware. If I wasn't practicing mindfulness, then I would be like outrageously intense and like a Sharknado, just roam, you know, just wreaking <laughs> havoc wherever I went. So, like, I practice mindfulness so I can be this intense yet self-aware <laughs> well that's the whole point right it's like to let yourself be who you are and be okay with who you are and embrace all of yourself the goodness and the badness it's like there's a lot of mindful practice involved in all the things you're talking about this somatic sensing this awareness of this i'm going to turn around and look behind being present with your experience of the buildings letting the songs inform the way you feel there's a lot of mindful presence in in all of that here's kind of the way that i explain the way I see the world. My favorite quote is from Walt Whitman, mm. and he says, do I contradict myself? Very well, then I contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. Yeah. So I'm someone who will passionately argue one side of an argument and then talk long enough in a circle to where I will passionately argue the other side of the argument. So I, I see things in, in so many different ways, and I, I as concrete as sometimes and linear as my thoughts tend to be uh 
when I start talking to other people about their experiences, that can throw me off that path that I'm on. And I feel like that's what I'm seeking out mm. is I'm looking for more people to knock me off of my path mm. as, as uncomfortable and as frustrating as that is because I, I like I like rolling down this path that I'm on, sure. but at the same time, if I if I'm on that path for too long, then complacency yeah, settles in. Yeah, that's the way in, things work. Or or, or privilege settles mm-hmm. in, or entitlement mm-hmm. settles in, and and then I then all of a sudden my blinders stop working, and it's important for people to throw up roadblocks or to throw in detours as I'm going down this path because. If I if they don't, then I settle into comfort and I settle yeah. into complacency, which was why it was important for me to go to a surf camp in Dakar right. when I don't surf and I don't like camping yeah. and I don't know anything about. Well, there, but there's something African there's countries. something intrinsically in you that actually is seeking these edges, you know, and you lean into them, and that's like not that common. People are are not that comfortable with intentionally making themselves uncomfortable. But that's, like you say, that's where the learning edges are. And you, you're absolutely spot on about, you know, when you stay in the same slot for a long time, your neurology makes everything about, in your experience, habituated. You know, it's like, that's just the way the brain works. You can't avoid it. And so it's really important to get out of uh, your uh, familiar, familiar routines from time to time just for the sake of your own neurological health. It's really a great thing to do. But to actually embrace it to the degree that you're doing is um, uncommon, I think. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Words of affirmation is one of my love languages, so that fills me up. With <laughs> well, I think it's pretty clear that you're, you're a special character, and uh, I'm really grateful to have you on the show. How do people uh, um, find you or, or learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, we are the Mindful Midlife Crisis. We can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to mindfulmidlifecrisis.buzzsprout.com if you want to find our episodes there. You can DM us or follow us on Instagram. It's mindful underscore midlife underscore crisis. We're also on Twitter, Mindful Midlife, and we have a Facebook group uh, called the Mindful Midlife Crisis Podcast. You can find us there. You can email us at mindfulmidlifecrisis at gmail.com. We're building up this podcast. We might start a YouTube channel here before too long. Feel free. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. We're, we're, we're growing, and we're excited to continue growing. You guys and should. You'd be really good visually. I mean, you guys are a hoot when I did your show. It was a ton of fun. And uh, so, yeah, let's, you should do that. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you were part of our all-star lineup. Our season three was was a un, – we had unbelievable guests on there, and you were part of that. Oh, thank and you. you just added so much to that season, and, and we can't thank you enough for, for sharing your expertise. Oh, sure. I've listened to that episode a, a couple different times, and each time I take away something new. You're welcome, and it's been a pleasure having you on Language of Mindfulness. Thank you so much.
Well, I tried to tell you that Billy was a hoot and a ton of fun, so that was it. You can see he's a, he's a really great guy and really interesting character involved in really trying to get the most he can out of life in a midlife. And like that's a great place to really be digging in and figuring out what you're all about. Um, if you like this episode, please leave us a review and follow it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen. And uh, check us out at languageofmindfulness.com. I am a mindfulness communications coach, and I'd be happy to talk with you to see if there's a good fit. You can schedule an appointment there, and we can chat. Best to you, and stay present.